0: And welcome to I Love That,
1: a Bachelor podcast, because the unexamined life isn't worth living.
0: I'm Dr. Wade. I'm Zach. And uh, Zach, did you hear that uh, Dale and Claire broke up?
1: I did hear that. And I must say, uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, how unsurprised I am, um, 10 being unsurprised, I'm a twelve. There was an age difference. It was too quick. Uh, it was. You know how you're when you were like when you're like thirteen, you know, and you see a girl who you want to do thirteen-year-old things to, but you don't know how to do it, and then it's <laughs> like that becomes like your life, and then from there you move on to oh my god, I'm getting the same attention from them. And then you guys just, you know, train station your way into a relationship that's founded on puppy love and hormones, just raging, raging hormones. There's no way that lasts. They're little literal 13 year olds. Yeah, I think they just wanted a pork. That's
0: a very fair way to assess it. It was all infatuation.
1: Yeah. The age difference was huge, and I'm not saying you can't be, you know, you can't be a younger dude and marry an older woman, but not when it comes to The Bachelor and, and <laughs> not when the gap is that that large, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's and it's just textbook stuff, like young person wants to live in city, doesn't want to settle down, like older person wants to be close to family and have kids or something, you know, it's just like, I don't know what what they were expecting but uh yeah you know this is a bit of a (laughs) not like i told you so but i'm not surprised you know and i told
1: you so yeah exactly
0: it's just classic claire
1: i um i don't like her and he's fake so fuck him yeah you reap what you sow um, now, I'll tell you, if uh, Zach and Tasha don't last, um, I'm going to storm the Bachelor Capital.
0: I really hope they do. He's got to recognize how lucky he is.
1: I think he does. Um, I think it's going to work out.
0: Did you say storm the Bachelor Capital?
1: No, you just said that. Oh. Wait. Yeah, I did.
0: Okay. <laughs> like am uh-huh. I just am I just projecting uh you know, topical shit onto what you say?
1: No, no, not um, at all. Fair. Oh my god, they've got a band of red coats. Who does? I'm watching the PBS broadcast of the little parade that's going on. For the nog? During during yeah, during the nog. And there was a brigand of red-coated people playing in a band, and I don't—I don't know if that's cool. I mean, oh, thank God the national guard's there because those red coats—they <laughs> might, you know, <laughs> yeah, weren't were they, 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 they the bad the guys
0: in that war? Absolutely. Like, how is yeah. yeah? That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I could unmute this and get to the bottom of it, but it's okay. All right. um, I'll be sure to spend the rest of my day doing that because we're doing important things here on the Bachelor Podcast. And if you have other important things you'd like us to do, send us an email at i love that bachelor at gmail dot com. Um, so, on the topic of red coats. It's crazy to me that one week after seeing Redcoat Queen Victoria actually make a bunch of valid points this season and, and it actually be funny and then I mean this episode and then see people crack up at her jokes and it's like, wait, so does she not suck? No, she sucks.
0: Yeah, I I was feeling the same way. They they completely flipped it on us. Like she was the, the last episode was all about her being the villain. And then in this one they kind of gave Sarah that treatment and allowed Victoria to yeah, occasionally look reasonable. Like even an asshole can be right about some things. She's still an awful person, but uh they yeah. t- they took the heat yeah, off I... of her and it it's it's weird. Like I don't I don't know how to feel about this season yet.
1: No, me either. Well, you know, <clears throat> to let everyone behind the curtain, Wade had texted me and goes, did you watch? And I said, no, not yet. And he goes, I hate this season. <laughs> and I felt like that implied that there was more, like, drama going on, particularly Luke P style with Victoria, you know. Mm. But it didn't feel that way. And I was like, okay, they flipped the script on us and made Sarah the villain, who I don't know if she really was the the villain like she stole time sure but to be fair isn't matt also responsible for trying to go and talk for what am i
0: rewarding bad to behavior to all the girls like peter did
1: well <clears throat> no but yeah that but like if the girls don't have time it's like dude just just kind of make time you know because you came back from that Sarah conversation, that uh, that Sarah broke up Katie's conversation. You came back from that and was like, that was rough. I got to go now. And you're like, come on, dude. Yeah. You... Go talk to some of these girls.
0: And and I think that's what I yeah. meant about the season. It's not that there's like a Luke P. villain that's going to be insufferable in every episode. And you're like, come on, why don't they get rid of him? It's that the, the producers or, you know, whoever's pulling the strings seem to be on to how annoying that can be. So they're, you know, they're just doing what they do. They're fabricating drama. And to your point exactly, like when that happened, like when Sarah showed up and interrupted, I was like, okay, now Matt James is going to come back and say, well, now that someone interrupted, the producer said I have to end the group date so everybody can be extra pissed off about it. And it's like, you see it coming from a mile away. And as you pointed out, like just stay, just stay another 30 minutes and talk to the other girls. There's no fucking reason to do that other than to, suit the narrative of making sarah the antagonist which was like a little unfair to her she was annoying you know for sure and probably in over her head and maybe shouldn't have signed up for this if she was that concerned about you know her uh insecurities and her situation with her dad and family but like for them to yeah to just to just force situations that don't need to be there as like a production tool is like that's annoying and i think the same thing probably happened last step with victoria
1: yeah maybe i don't know i just feel like victoria was going out of her way though oh shit. Sure, that's what's sure. so weird is like <laughs> now we see the sarah thing and you go well what do i need to rewatch the victoria one because i don't want to yeah you know um you know and i just don't I just don't feel right. I, I I Because I can't choose a side on Sarah. And I've been thinking about this. It's like she did go try to apologize. Mm-hmm. And it f- seemed heartfelt. But then if you take a step back, you go. Well, is she just doing the, cr- you know, like the cry thing? So people feel bad for her. But then, you know, then you go a little further into the episode and you get Katie saying, look, you don't know everything, so let's try and be class acts about this. You know, and so I can see why she was perceived one way. I can see where she was coming from and she just wasn't ready to be on the show. And that's, you know, that's too bad for, I guess, everybody. But also, I now I'm kind of pissed because I feel like you wasted my time because like you knew before you got onto the show that you had your dad and you were going to be away and that was something that weighed on you. So maybe you should have just stepped out of the show.
0: Yeah. And this this is like when you're saying you can't pick a side, like I don't want to kick her when she's down because that's a shit situation. But I kind of was wondering, like, is that the situation? Or does your dad have, like, you know, plenty of time, which is why you thought it would be okay to take three months off of being his caretaker to be on the show? Like, I know his condition is serious and, you know, could potentially be terminal in a very short time frame, but I think if that was actually the case, she wouldn't have been on the show. So part of me feels like after her insecurities started, like, eating her up, that she sort of, you know, used that as that as as a crutch. Yeah, like, not that it isn't valid, but if it was that valid she wouldn't have been on the show to begin with so like i lose a little sympathy and credibility there
1: yeah no yeah but you know during our uh extended conversation about stephen hawking and uh als you know he it's rare for them to live very long after diagnosis mm-hmm. so i feel like she knew that her dad could either go the way of the the people and die soon or be a hawking. You know, and unfortunately, he doesn't appear like the physics type. And God only rewards people who try and, you know, fight the narrative of religion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. God likes scientists best.
1: Yeah. Because it sows division. It's identity politics on a spiritual level. But
0: why would he give Hawking ALS? Like, right? That would be God that did that. Sure, he lived a long (laughs) time with the condition, but, like, why did he give it to him in the first place?
1: Well, because you have to punish him, you know, to show everybody, don't you do it.
0: Okay, it's like like Job.
1: Job, 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 Iden, John, no, the guy that (laughs) God tortured. (laughs) Oh, I, I'm not as good on the... That 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 seems like a specific pick to me. I, I don't know the story of Job.
0: Oh, it's great. Uh, basically, God's like, hey, Satan, look at Job. He loves me so much. He's, like, the best. And Satan's like, that's because you're nice to him. I bet if you, like, fucked with him, you know, and took everything away from him and, like, ruined his life that he would renounce you. So God, like, kills his family and makes him sick and burns his house down. And he huh. keeps the faith. So then it's like, just kidding. Here, here! It all. Oh, what he does get he it... get
1: rewarded with then?
0: I think he gets it all back. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> really, he just un-Thanos snaps it all back.
0: Maybe. That sounds right.
1: Okay, sure. I'm, I'm much more of a fan of, um, <clears throat> the Jeb. And, and and I'll explain to you why. Um, Please. So the 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 Jeb Bush, right? And here's why I'm more of a fan of that. Um is because Jeb literally stands for John Ellis Bush. So everyone calling him Jeb Bush, they're saying John Ellis Bush Bush. (laughs)
0: Like ATM machine?
1: Yes, which I love. I just love that. Are you kidding me? (laughs) How dumb is that? You know, either call him Jeb or call him, you know, John Ellis. Yeah. You know, you can't call him Jeb Bush. It's not how that works. What the hell are they giving them now? They're giving them like crystal vases vases the red coats? I have no idea. no, it's not the red coats. no Kamala Harris and, and uh uh Joe here they're standing in front of a painting with Klobuchar, and there are these two vases that I've never seen before, as if they've already won a, a prize.
0: huh
1: I've yet to see any action.
0: Are they urns? They get
1: ashes? No, no. Here, um, I'll show you for the sake of uh, this conversation.
0: Oh, weird! They look like uh, like trophies or something, like Stanley Cups, yeah. but made of glass.
1: Whoa! You know what a Stanley Cup is? That's kind of shocking. Yeah,
0: it's one of the. It's like the sports ball.
1: It's the sports ball cup.
0: Yeah. Grand prize. Oh, look
1: at this! They're giving them flags now. As if they needed flags. Why do they need the flags? There are flags everywhere. Moving on.
0: And speaking of flags, uh, <laughs> I, I got no segue for this one. Let's. That, uh, <laughs> you know
1: th- that's your thing, though, dude. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I know. I was I was really reaching. It's it's early for me.
1: It, so okay, let's 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 cut to the chase here. I thought Chris Harrison got paid enough money as it is.
0: That he didn't need to write uh, erotic poetry on
1: the side? I'm fine with him writing a romance novel. What I'm not fine with is they gave Chris the chance to come up with a date, and he thought, oh, I'm going to pitch my erotic book that I wrote six years ago um, as like the crux of this date, but I'm kind of too embarrassed to read my own shit, so... I'm going to get Ashley I in here who we still introduce as fucking Ashley I. Like we've
0: we've seen her. She's not com- We saw her live. We
1: everyone knows <laughs> Ashley I, you know? She's just Ashley now. Yeah. She's not competing.
0: Yeah, there's no second there's Ashley, no Ashley to differentiate. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Good point. You
1: know, and and it's so funny to me cuz it's like if this Serena P gets anywhere or Serena C I don't know, man. I just, I just love that those are holdovers, like in your identity of being a DC list celebrity. Right.
0: <laughs> you still got to have the you initial. Know?
1: Did you notice that the most sexual word that came out of Chris Harrison's um, little segment, do you know what it was?
0: Hmm.
1: It was buttocks. Buttocks? He said buttocks. <sighs> Okay, so... Which, uh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to skip ahead.
1: What are you talking about? You don't want to dissect this?
0: Oh, no, I absolutely do. I just wanted to point out that while you were, uh, you know, giving Victoria some credit this episode, I think she was one of the better writers in this uh, group day oh, contest.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Her and Katie... Katie posted this photo on Instagram and I'm going to let you guys behind another curtain here. And my God, that's a thirst trap. And uh, she's, uh, I like her. I do too. I like her a lot.
0: No, same. I think like she's got her head on she shoots straight she knows who she is and you know like it's like oh she showed up with the uh, with the vibrator but like that just means she's liberated she's like comfortable in her skin and the way she like talked to Sarah and then to the group afterwards is like I don't know yeah she came came across good like if we've spent the whole season trying to make people look bad she has ended up looking the best in my opinion
1: yeah she's got a lot of genuinity and she's the furthest thing from being disgenuine
0: yep did you have any Dead uh air. <laughs> yeah, jumping jeff Farmer <laughs> did uh did you have any favorites for the uh the smut poetry contest
1: the smut poetry contest um no not really um i guess probably victoria and katie um, they at least came with the heat, you know, yep <laughs> um I think the uh i i I didn't really appreciate matt and James's hmm was a story about
0: kissing someone in a kitchen and touching their leg? yeah, this isn't erotic,
1: yeah, I mean so it well and so that that's what, that's the thing that's so weird about this whole gamut dude is it's like I think it was actually a good date because you can kind of learn a lot about these girls, you know, and like pick up on what they think is safe to say or public to say, but also how and and you can then deduce from that what it what they like, you know, and like you kind of get this feeling. And then some of the girls go all in and some don't. And so it was really uh, illuminating, to say the least. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it would tell you how uh, comfortable a person is in in talking about that kind of stuff. And I don't know what Matt James is looking for specifically, but I appreciated the girls who said a lot of expletives. And, you know, like if I was reading Smut, like that's, you know, don't, don't talk like I bought lingerie and he had mud, yeah. mud on his biceps. Like, no, just get right to the... I just don't want to
1: hear about turgid or moist you know you know like let's just get to what the you know let's get to the good stuff
0: like uh, the Dennis Reynolds erotic memoirs
1: Yeah, (laughs) and she said
0: dude your balls are awesome (laughs) (laughs) and then he banged her (laughs) great stuff so Sarah like lost her cool over this contest
1: yeah yeah so uh, here's here's the sequence of what I've got written down oh he likes Sarah uh oh Sarah's falling in fast uh oh Sarah okay props to Sarah to addressing the group ooh yeah he does like Sarah uh oh 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 no it's not looking good for Sarah poor thing yeah why stay in the room?
0: Why stay in the con- like in the smart poetry room?
1: No, no. Um, why s- did she hide into the room?
0: Oh, that that got to me. That reminds me of like what Crystal did in Ari's season. Yes, and it's like yes that. And the, the, if if she's worried about it's a spiral, you know, she's going to be ostracized if she separates herself from the group and is constantly stealing his time. So staying in the room all day was a terrible look.
1: Just a horrible look. Yeah. She's not thinking with her head, man.
0: Yeah. No. Even when she you know. when she interrupted the uh the after party for that smut poetry group date that like he said at the beginning there will be 3 one-on-ones and two group dates. So it's like clearly everyone is going to get some time with him during this.
1: I think, I think Chris literally said every one of you is going to get time with him.
0: Yeah. So, so the idea that Sarah, like, the day after her one-on-one could not go one day seeing him, like, spend time with other people. Like, that, that's what really kills me is, that, like, you couldn't hold on to this for one night and wait for a chance to talk to him one-on-one. Like, you had to yeah. air your insecurities that, like, boiled over in a day by interrupting the group date, pissing everyone off. And then ostracizing yourself by being isolated and making Matt come comfort you again, and like it just, yeah, it there was like a point where I just I swear if she had waited, she could have just fucking waited and like not gone this path, but she didn't have oh, the totally.
1: stuff that, and I've seen people come back from that. You know, you can come back from that. And I get you don't want to hear, you know, the guy that you like be talked to dirty by, you know, 12 other girls. However, you signed up for The Bachelor.
0: Yeah. Same show it's been your whole life.
1: (laughs) It's not it's not normal. But we know that you knew that. Yeah. And how are you going to let that just happen to you? Write it out. You know? Who cares? Why is it hard? It's hard because you like Matt and you don't want to leave, but it's like, yeah, but, you know, your your dad was there for 28 years. You've been here for two weeks with Matt, and he might not even pick you
0: yeah that's something else that killed me you know, too she went on one nice date with the guy and I know it's it's quarantine times and you know people are mentally weak and she you know on this show people can get attached really fast because they're in an operant conditioning chamber and there's only one male specimen up for grabs but I don't know if I was in her situation and I was like wait a minute my mom's dying like hey person I had one date with I'm out I got you are not nearly as important as this other shit I have to go deal with so the watching her like but Mad James I love him but I mean ultimately she did the right thing you know she's like this isn't the best Sarah he deserves the best I'm gonna follow through with it she wasn't like I mean she might have wanted him to talk her out of it but you know she stuck to her guns and bailed
1: so on this topic, um, you remember in Tayshia's season, some former bachelorette came, I don't know who it was, it doesn't matter, um, and said, you know, don't you pick, you know, like, aren't there favorites that you know just right off the bat? You know, and then you got to go through the motions. Mm-hmm. And that la- that final interaction with Matt James and Sarah, that felt like he had picked her. I know he didn't try very hard to have her stay, but the way that he put his head on hers and told her to not apologize and all of these things, I was like, oh, shit, dude, that was probably his top two for sure.
0: I mean, the ones they pick early on have to be the ones they're the most interested in or attracted to, like, so that tracks.
1: That tracks, baby. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, my uh, my my notes are pretty too and far between here. the The MVP of the whole thing was probably the animals.
0: The donkeys. Yeah, that was fun.
1: I enjoyed that. I don't think Serena P. lasts.
0: Yeah, I I like her. Like, she seemed, she's she got, like, a good energy. She's, like, comfortable. Like, I always love the people that are just comfortable with themselves and that can just have a conversation without being disgenuine or, you know, playing the part of, you know, I love that. I totally. feel our connection, totally. I feel like. Yeah. So, she's cool, but, I, yeah, I also, I don't, uh, I didn't get the vibe. She's,
1: she's up there with Brie. It's like, okay, yeah, you guys would probably work out in the real world. And if you guys met, then, you know, this could have been a thing if you had a real dating experience. But when he's got 30 other girls, you know, the connection might not be the same. My question is, is why aren't we seeing more of Abigail?
0: We we checked in with her for a second, didn't we?
1: We've seen her a couple times, but I <clears throat> and I think this has to do with um, how they're editing the shows. You know, week to week. So that they can hide people in their interactions more. Because, we, you know, we ha- we started with a rose ceremony that we should have got last week. We didn't get one this time. And then next time, you know, and like I think we have two more dates in the next one. A yeah. group date and, and like another, you know. So we only saw half of the dates for one week. So I feel like they're hiding storylines and front runners
0: yeah which they usually do there's there's always like a dark horse that you never suspected in the first half that kind of just like takes the lead near the end
1: oh yeah and i i hate to say it but i love kit i think i'm in love with kit
0: (laughs) she's mean man
1: oh i know the fact that
0: like once there was someone like other than victoria to be annoyed with because like victoria is not a threat but like sarah (coughs) excuse me sarah had a one-on-one and was like a front runner so just to like see kit suddenly like okay now i'm cool with victoria because we can be mean girls together it's like
1: such a bad luck
0: we're so gross yeah yeah i get it she's attractive in this
1: room it, this your time here is no longer going to be good or fun or whatever yeah. and i was like oh my god you cold-hearted monster i date you
0: yeah <laughs> if you like enjoy someone being mean to you if that's what you're into
1: maybe so uh probably not. <laughs> i would rather you know I wouldn't date a 21-year-old at this point.
0: Fair. And smart.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I I would give them... I would definitely give them a a, a try um, when I'm on the show. You know. But I don't think intellectually um, we would click. Particularly because she went to NYU. And I applied to NYU. So there's a potential, you know, thing going on there. However, she's in L.A. right now. So I think Mm. she's giving up on her her career at school. And you know, I'm going to be honest. You got to, you got to finish that out. (laughs) What happens if they start regulating, you know, influencer ads on Instagram, you know, and you lose your income, which honest to God, I want Instagram to, I, I want that to stop. Nothing would make me happier than watching people who made their livelihoods schlocking shitty clothes on Instagram have to be forced to go get a job
0: <laughs> oh man you know yeah
1: finish school get a job have a career have something that's not just vapid
0: yeah that's crazy like how sustainable is that it's like being an athlete only worse like you'd really have to invest wisely or like not blow all your money to to hope to have a future
1: yeah exactly you know
0: <laughs> yeah i i i don't like influencers Guys like strongly, I strongly dislike them.
1: Uh, so, oh, did you have a favorite? It was Victoria. Um, on the smut, oh. on the smut talks. Oh, for sure.
0: I also, uh, I think Victoria has like a pink eye or something. <laughs> like her eyes look irritated.
1: Yes. Yes. I've got something for you, Wade. Yeah. I watched The Queen's Gambit. And I love that girl.
0: Yeah, she's got a unique look.
1: Yep. Where is she from? She's for sure British. Okay. I watched an interview with her. Talking about The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. I needed to know if it was true. Apparently it's modeled mostly on Bobby Fischer.
0: Oh, okay. So which you-
1: I think which i think is funny because bobby fisher was very vocal um about women in chess as opposed to um, it or as opposed to it yeah mm. and then that's why um the guy who wrote the story in like 83 or whatever he wanted to tell the story about it's like a little autobiographical and then he wanted to tell this bobby fisher story but do it as like a, a like a quasi fuck you to Bobby Fischer. Um so I I you know kudos to that guy. Yeah. He died a year after he wrote the book. That's
0: fun. That's a fun spin to put on it.
1: Yeah. No, it was a cool show and I I, I enjoyed that there wasn't very much I liked that most of the shots were were the facial expressions during the chess games Mm -hmm. because it's more about the character than it is about um chess which i think is how you tell a chess story interesting make a chess story interesting rather yeah
0: i think reaction shots are always more engaging as a as like a viewer actor also
1: Did you, you act as a viewer? You said viewer-actor.
0: Yeah, I, as a former actor and and a viewer, I, oh. I appreciate seeing people's reaction shots when they are acting.
1: Wade can juggle everybody. Not really. No, you can. I've seen you do it. I'd... I've seen him do it with flaming swords. Oh, you're embarrassing me. No, you know, and the best... And he, you know, he wears the big shoes... And and I just love the I love the flower that shoots water. I just that, love it all. That never ending hanky. <laughs> How does it not end?
0: It makes no sense. This is my clown secret.
1: I've thought about clown school.
0: Really? <laughs> I actually knew some just people <laughs> who went to clown school.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. It seems like like if I could just. If I could just do, you know, like a, like a summer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like summer camp, but it's just clown school. I feel like it would be a lot of fun.
0: What would your focus be adult, in? Like, like seltzer work or balloons? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Balloon animals? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I mean, if I had to choose, it would probably be um, depression. I I would just choose the sad clown one. Okay. You know. Where, like, it's obvious that I'm trying to bring joy, but I'm too sad inside to be able to bring any joy to people. And that in and of itself is a, uh, you know, it's like schadenfreude humor. Sure. You know, but I'm, like, making fun of myself.
0: Right. So you're like the clown with the fingerless gloves who's, like, eating a leather shoe on a silver platter, like, in an alleyway. Yes. That kind of, okay.
1: yeah, that and the Three Stooges, like put those together. All right. Or a cigar and black shoe polish.
0: This uh sound, this is like good Halloween costume ideas, like that specific <laughs> kind of clown.
1: That actually is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah that, is, that would be a good Halloween costume.
0: I, I don't know if I ever told you, like growing up, uh, our parents always made us go as hobos. Which in hindsight is like a little insensitive because it was like an easy, cheap costume. It's like we'll put you in shitty like thrift store or your dad's work jacket or something that doesn't fit and like smear mud on your face and fingerless gloves. And yeah, it's really weird. I don't I don't know how to feel about that as an adult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see why it would be somewhat insensitive, but.
0: It's insulting. Also, like I wouldn't say it's as yeah. bad as Blackface, but like you're just completely marginalizing, you know.
1: The unhoused.
0: Yeah, it's not a celebr you know, like if you dress up like a ninja, it's like a, like ninjas are badass. This is a celebration, but like a hobo, it's like, why? That just brings everyone down.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't dress up for Halloween, bro. Mm. I just get a roll of paper towels in a red flannel boom brawny man
0: ah i thought you were gonna say you just like eat candy and stay on the toilet all day as a halloween (laughs) tradition
1: yeah no i mean i uh i think about candy sometimes but i never go buy it
0: because you're worried about your teeth
1: Oh that, and it's just a waste of calories. You know, and you just don't feel good afterwards.
0: Yeah. You feel good while you're eating it, though.
1: Hell yeah, you do.
0: That, like, joy of yeah. being an adult with your own money and just buying, like, <laughs> a giant fucking bag of candy and eating it and then feeling yeah. like shit afterwards.
1: Yeah, you go to Costco and you're like, I'm going to get a bag of peanut M&M's. In, like, two or three days, you go, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, no. That's pretty much all there is to this episode, Yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's (laughs) it's just the Serena, it's just Serena and the group date, and then the Sarah drama. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate, but I, I uh, I did dig up some information, and I have to give credit to The Ringer here. So that book that Chris wrote? has a three point five stars on Goodreads
0: the perfect letter yes three point five out of, out of four
1: out of five
0: okay that's more like it
1: however Colton underwood's book is a three point four stars and that one's got to be hot garbage so um, I'd like to take this moment to rally on my platform that I that I have here and say that Romance novels and erotic fiction needs to be put on a different scale. (laughs) And I also think books written by celebrities, even D ones need to be put on a different scale. You know, like when I go to Yelp and I try and find a restaurant, I'm not, you know, I'm expecting a real review of the book, you know, and if it's like a three or 3.5, you know, the food's passable. But if, if, If it's if it says one star, I'm not going to go to that place, you know, because it's like Jesus Christ. I'll I'll read it. And if the one star is for service, that's okay. Maybe I'll just get takeout if the food's great and the service is bad. But when you have a book that's written by a celebrity who isn't a trained author or someone who likes writing, at least when you're an ex-football player who failed at that because that was your goal. And then you became someone who decides to be in a charity because for whatever reason you know, you don't want your goal actually attained. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to run the charity anymore. So the whole idea there is uh, disgenuine. So I think there needs to be a tomato meter of sorts, a fan and a critic one, you know, on Goodreads.
0: Yeah. The critic being objectively, is this compelling as a, you know, piece of writing, narrative, good prose? Like, do do I care? Or like, Yeah. You need to establish your criteria, like for a for a trashy pulp that's for young adults to read. Like if they all think it's great, cool, but it shouldn't be rated as five stars because maybe it's not, you know, in a literary sense, that strong. So that's what
1: I'm asking for. I'm asking for a centralized version of rating, um, that that is regulated to some extent, you know. There needs to be standards within each star, you know, much like a syllabus. You know, here's the grading criteria. You know, you get an A and it's excellent, excellent work, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you go to the bottom and it's like clearly lacking intention and and point and creativity, you know, not even passable up to the minimum standard. And I think Colton's book, that's got to be at best two stars.
0: What's it even about?
1: Um, well, I can, I can figure that out. It's called...
0: Like, is it just him um, taking a bunch of showers and not having sex with anyone? The first time,
1: <laughs> finding myself and looking for love on reality TV. Former football player and star of The Bachelor and Bachelorette comes a fascinating and eye-opening behind-the-scenes look at his drama-filled season on the hit reality show. So it's a memoir of that season. So it's just a cash grab yeah. this can't be good, you know, even if you're in it just for the gossip, you know and you want to read that Bob Woodward book about Trump, you know at least it's well written. do you know what I mean yeah yeah but but you you can't compare literature on the same scale that you compare the perfect letter to there needs to be different scales. that's all I'm saying,
0: fair. Yeah, and like romance as a genre is
1: Do you know what it so <laughs> this was my biggest takeaway from this episode was we could do that. We could we could just do it. What, right, smut? Absolutely. Oh, 100% yeah. yes.
0: I've always wanted to.
1: I and I, and I think we should because if that's what Chris put the fuck out, that's <laughs> that's garbage. He used buttocks. Yeah. I'm never saying buttocks. No. No. No, we're going to get filthy with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can elaborate on this off-air.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've
0: got some ideas.
1: I I mean, I don't have any ideas, but I'm thinking I would just get a random number, just get Excel and have three sets of topics, you know? <laughs> like, okay, uh you know, soccer, um, construction, you know, those kinds of things. And then it's like the happy at the end, sad at the end, you know, ends in kid, uh, you know, and then like, you got to choose the problem and what's the problem. And it's like, is it parents, you know, what is it? And then just randomly select from the three, you know, a setting, a problem and how it ends. And then just fill in the fucking gaps with hot, hot, steamy garbage.
0: Yeah. It's fun too. Cause you really only have to write like half of a story. Cause you're just going to go between like plot and steam oh. plot and slap, yeah. smack in and yeah. And just back and forth until the problem's gone.
1: Yeah. So you, I start watching some lifetime movies
0: Fair. You know what I noticed too, is like movies don't end on erotic scenes. Like bond movies kind of hint at it, but it never, it never ends there. I'm sure there's a reason for that, (laughs) and maybe it's not satisfying or interesting.
1: I wonder if it could. Maybe that could be us. That's our hit. That's the. That's the hook.
0: I think that's what I'm getting at. Is that if we do this, it's got to end on Steam.
1: Okay. Well, and then that opens up the the sequel.
0: Start on Steam. Start and end <laughs> on erotic scenes. Yeah.
1: yeah, you already know the characters. Yeah, and what is, they like.
0: This is gonna be great. Yes, exactly. It's like here's what you get. Like expect this. Like, if you're not excited <laughs> within the first two pages, then we are failing at this genre. It's like it's like opening an action movie with an action sequence. Like that's how you do it. You know.
1: Oh yeah. Start yeah, start
0: yeah, on yeah. action. Like,
1: You've seen the most recent Mission Impossible, right? Yes. Dude, so I watched that movie years after it could come out, and I remember watching it, and I'm like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, this is fucking sick. And then the fucking intro credits roll, and I thought, holy (laughs) shit, dude, they had a 20-minute fucking action story here. It's just the intro.
0: Maybe that's what we do is Fucking. like is have the prologue, <laughs> like not even like chapter one erotica, like prologue.
1: Okay, yeah. And
0: then and then book title chapter one.
1: We could break the wall a little bit and pretend that the writer. The writer himself has a problem. You know, you know how we can do like an about the right about the author.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean, and then have this weird, like Vonnegut, Kilgore Trout style, <laughs> inserting yourself into the story sure. of the erotic fiction.
0: But his his problems are also erotic in nature.
1: Yeah, so exactly. Just, <laughs> uh, I blame Chris for this episode, by the way. Absolutely, oh, This is that. this I mean, is garbage.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, my my only like. I guess final thought here is I'm starting to get a sense that uh, that Matt might blow this. You know, I, I'm I'm still.
1: What makes you say that?
0: I'm still in support of him because he's been whatever a gentleman and a classy dude. It's some of this kissing bandit behavior. It's this weird look that he's <laughs> he gets he got on his face during the group date where it was like, and now that we're done talking, I kiss you. Like I don't know.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: It's like I like. Uh, I like seeing actual sparks more than just the the lead sampling the goods, as it were.
1: He's at least asking good questions, still.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's a gentleman. I'm just saying that. Yeah. That look. No. Yeah. Those, those. I agree. Kisses, or uh, I'm like, is he gonna pull an Ari or get himself in trouble or overextend his generosity instead of actually mm. picking favorites and keeping it a hundred. I mean we know he you know, he's gonna cry and have some kind of breakdown Sorry. near the end yeah. here, so I don't know, just foreshadowing. It's still fun. He's still fun to watch.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. Not, he's not yeah.
0: annoying like, like others have been.
1: Colton, Peter. Yeah. Ari. But he's on his way to Ari. So my <laughs> my biggest my biggest takeaway was the like I don't know how to describe it. I don't know what the word I was looking for, but literally saying the reason why I'm on this show and why I want it to work is so I don't end up old and alone like my mom. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like, damn, dude, you just jabbed your mom, like, indirectly. Yeah. And it's the teeth. It was her teeth.
0: Mm. Isn't it weird, too, that he dated someone for four months and then bailed when she wanted to label it? Wait, what? What? On his uh, date with Serena, you know she's like, "When's what was your last relationship like?" And oh, yeah. and he was like, "It was about a year ago or over a year ago, and we dated for like four months." And uh, the, yeah, she she wanted to put a label on it, and he bailed. It's like you are like an adult of marrying age. Like you could call someone your girlfriend or agree to make it exclusive. I don't think that's uncharacteristic huh. for people.
1: You know, I miss this. If
0: you're like dating yeah. one person for that long, like. What's what's the problem with just being like okay like just you for you know exclusive holy shit something
1: I miss that yeah no that's totally fair it's a little also weird. the fact that he's never been in love it's like okay so yeah. you were a fuckboy for how
0: long yeah I'm just uh, yeah this is where my skepticism I'm getting yeah. little seeds and and maybe it'll it'll further reveal I mean Tyler is like a cool chill dude but like come on. He's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like totally fuck boy vibes.
1: And total frat fuck boy vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. You
0: can still be a classy gentleman and like not be, you know, actual husband material or like have commitment issues.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And to your point, my mom, um, I was talking to her and she said, you know, I find it interesting that he opened up with that, you know, prayer. And then he goes, my mom was like, it's weird because on the, this coming on in the season, he's just sucking face. Pretty, pretty, you know, viciously. Oh, which also reminds me, dude, this guy kisses with his eyes open. Oh, no. Every time he kisses these girls, I can't unsee it. He's always staring at them with his eyes open. It's so weird. It is weird. It is so weird. It's weird. You're not allowed to do that. You can take a peek every now and then, but like. He's always staring at them. His eyes are never closed.
0: And could you imagine, like, opening your eyes to that? To just see his, like, glaring back at you while you're (laughs) supposed to be having an intimate (laughs) moment with your eyes closed like normal people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's it. Um, New Girl's showing up next episode. Another producer stunt to keep it from... Being classy, like Tayshia's season. We had a Victoria episode, a Sarah episode, and now we're going to get this. They're just going to like break the rules again. For no reason.
1: Yeah, and the producer, never been kissed, is going to show up.
0: That's right. And Anna is going to shame whichever one of them is maybe a sex worker.
1: I'm pretty sure... Th- yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure... God damn it, dude. This just isn't going to be the best season ever.
0: I mean, it's going to be messy, and I'll enjoy that, but... uh...
1: But I want him to find love, and I want to see genuine love. Yeah. This this is the thing. Yeah. You know, I want both. I want it all. I want my cake, and I want to eat it, too. Mmm, chocolate cake.
0: Brought to you by...
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing about Ovaltine is... the truman show um okay well there you go all right that's uh, been this episode i guess sure
0: thanks for listening i'm wade
1: <laughs> i'm
0: and we'll see you next week bye, okay.
1: bye.